What happens when a Catholic deacon matches wits with a Catholic radio show host? You get a marriage made in heaven. They may not always agree, but they're always faithful. It's the Akins with their view from the pew on Modern Day Radio. And welcome to this episode of View from the Pew. I am your host, Brenda Aiken, and joining me today is the man who has not watched one second of the World Cup tournament, the good deacon, Scott Aiken. I don't even know what I'm supposed to be watching, quite frankly. I used to play soccer as a kid, but I try to watch and I'm just lost. But fans are engaged, and uh, I was actually uh, on the books, not officially, but I was actually rooting for England, they hadn't uh, won a World Cup since my birth in 1966. So on behalf of my dad, who's uh, English in uh, ancestry, I thought, wow, that'd be kind of neat. But they didn't make it. No, they didn't. Uh, I was rooting a little bit for Croatia from our recent visit. They didn't make it through uh, for all of those listeners who are also not paying any attention to it. Uh, It is France and Argentina. So Pope Francis should be pretty happy because he's a big soccer fan, loves his home team of Argentina, but I think he has to be pretty neutral in his uh, encouragement and prayers. But maybe silently, he might put in an extra plea to the Lord for Argentina this year. Sure. And I, you know, I think uh, it's uh, to look at this from an American standpoint. I know what football teams are playing tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong football, I recognize, but that's an American view, unfortunately, for a lot of soccer fans. It's amazing how much energy fans put into rooting for their team. And you see it all the time. Now, we'll see it on Sunday in NFL. Not as big, I think, maybe in the United States. But if you look at fans from around the world who play their version of football, we know it as soccer, there's a lot of energy that goes into that. And... Boy, when their teams win, joy. I mean, then it can carry them through months of of what otherwise would be, you know, pretty pitiful times. On the other hand, though, yeah, when your team loses and and you have a big buildup to a big game like this, some people really are devastated by that. And now that we're looking at the Christmas season, what a uh, distraction for the time of year that otherwise should be, well, focused on the the Christ child. Yeah, you know, for for us, I think it's uh, we we don't root our our um, future in the win or the loss like other countries do. Because, quite frankly, I think other countries I mean, this is uh, this is maybe their their one investment they can make that's is uh, kind of the common good investment um, rooting for a football team or a baseball team in America. When we have so many, uh, so many advantages and so many uh, things we take for granted. If you're in many of these countries in the world, uh, they're in a position where they can't take things for granted uh, as like we might. So it's just a reminder to me as we, as you're just describing, as we see the passion that people put into to soccer, to football, not world wide that it's um it, it just reminds me that we are a country who oftentimes forgets the things that we that we have and i think we take it for granted so what advent is supposed to be is to be mindful of what we might otherwise take for granted and so trying to be mindful of that just following 
Gaudete Sunday, the joyous uh, rejoicing, as that refers to as Gaudete. Uh, we should be rejoicing and not rejoicing because our soccer team won or lost or our football team won, rejoicing that Christ won and Christ is coming and we should be preparing our minds and hearts. So as we go out to buy Christmas gifts, as we go out to prepare to, to travel, how do we not plug into the social structure as much as the faithful structure? That's the challenge, I think, this time of season. Scott, kids always get so excited on the fourth Sunday of Advent, which is coming up. That fourth candle is lit, and that fourth candle represents peace. And boy, we know that as the last you know week of busyness comes up as we prepare for Christmas, yeah, we could use a lot of peace. But it's also important to remember to carry through week after week, month after month, that message that that Christ gives us and through our Sunday reading. So we have a special guest coming up. I'm excited to share with you. Author Mark Hart, who's been on the show before, came out with a new book called One Sunday at a Time. And it is a companion to Cycle A, which is the readings that we just entered into. So with Mark's interview, he'll tell you about how with just 10 minutes a week, every week for this year, boy, we can really dive deeply into the peace and joy that our faith gives us. And then after that, we'll talk a little bit about the gospel passage that we have this week that reminds us that Emmanuel, God is with us, is something as Catholics that we need to remind ourselves of. And so in faith, we do that with one another this season. God is with us. So we got a great show ahead for you on this week's View from the Pew. Stay with us. I've had my Here's my challenge for you today. Make the people around you know you're grateful for them. Make them feel loved, valued, appreciated. And the power to be a blessing like that, it starts with prayer. The other day I woke up stressed, tired, distracted by work. I wasn't queued up to be a blessing, but a drain on the people around me. So I stopped and I spent a few minutes in prayer just thanking God for each member of my family by name. And it instantly reoriented me. It's just so easy to go through the day treating people like you're taking them for granted when you are. Get intentional about treating your greatest gifts from God, those people around you, every day like their gifts. When we're intentional about that, it creates an atmosphere where people feel safe and loved and where the family starts to feel a little like heaven on earth. As the ancient chant says, Ubi caritas et amor Deus ibi est. Where charity and love are, God is there. For more from my book, I Am, visit rewriteyourname.com. I'm Chris Stefanik from Real Life Catholic. Why do you listen to Mater Day Radio? Is it for the prayers, Catholic news and education, or to be inspired? Whatever your reason for listening, we are grateful for your support. And as we surpass 30 years of broadcasting a gospel message, we hope you will consider leaving a legacy for Mater Day Radio in your estate planning. This can be as easy as including Catholic Radio as a beneficiary in your will. For more information on estate planning options, please visit us online at materdayradio.com.
It's Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken with their View from the Pew on Mater Dei Radio. Well, what if in just 10 minutes a week, you could help your experience of Sunday Mass more fully deepen your love of the Word of God? And what if in that same resource, you could also challenge your life to live more deeply every single day? Well, the Bible geek, Mart Hark, makes that possible with one Sunday at a time. The essential companion to the Sunday readings, the ideal resource for busy Catholics just like him who want to get more out of Mass. Good morning, Mark. Thanks so much for joining the show again. Well, thanks so much for having me again. I appreciate it. Mark, another one of your names, the Bible geek. Oh, I love that. (laughs) You know, some might say, you know, this 2,000-year-old book some maybe even a little longer than that, titled The Bible, maybe just a little antiquated. Some might say, kind of boring. You, on the other hand, get really excited about it. What about Scripture that you find exciting? It's the same book that we read year after year. You know, and it's such a great question, and it's a question I think more people need to ask, so I'm so glad you asked it. You know, the beauty of Scripture is that it's inexhaustible that you can read a passage in the morning during morning prayer, and it's going to say one thing to you, and then you read that passage later on at night, and the Lord's trying to reveal something else to you after you've had a good day or a bad day or a boring day. I mean, you're going to read a passage you know, when you're 16, and it's going to, in the same timeless wisdom is going to mean something completely different to you when you're 45 or when you're 75. That's, that's why the Word of God is so inexhaustible. It's so perfect. It's inspired. And quite, I mean, obviously, the Gospels are the, the central part of the entire Scriptures. But when you read it, and, and you see that, I mean, they, these are words, this is 73 books written over 1,700 years by 45-plus authors, yet there's still timeless wisdom. It's never dated. It's never, it's never old. And even, when, even the Church in her cycle of Sunday readings, you know, we hear the same readings every three years. You might hear the Transfiguration, you know, three times in a year, depending upon which year you're in. And you know what? There's always something new to glean from it. If we have open minds and open hearts, and we give the Holy Spirit, the, the author, the primary author of Scripture is the Holy Spirit, give the author permission to open our minds and hearts and speak a new truth to us, speak a new reality to us, a new perspective to us. And this is such a bonus, not only having the Bible, which the Catholic Church compiled, but then also having the catechism, having the wisdom of the saints, the great writings of the doctors of the Church, to help us, and and the Church herself, to help ensure that we're reading it properly and in the right context. Well, Mark, for a Bible geek like yourself, in writing this book, did it help you focus in a new way, the way that you see Sunday readings? Oh, absolutely. I mean, and, and anyone who's ever been trapped in the back of a church or in a cry room with, with, a, with a crying child or, you know, in the back, you know, holding the demoniac who's losing their mind, you know, you, you know when you have the littles that, you're, you know, oftentimes you miss part of the reading. You can't hear it over the crying or over the noise, or even if they're sitting next to you, just over the busyness. And then really, you know, it's, it's, it's often it's our, our experience of liturgy of the Word is dependent upon whether or not the lector really practiced. You know, it, our experience of liturgy of the Word is how good the homily is, which is really an unfair thing to put on the priest, because he can't hit a home run every single week. And my, my thought, my contention was, you know, if we could read the readings in the other 167 hours we have each week outside of Sunday Mass, read them ahead of time so we know what to listen for. And if there was something, some sort of a companion, some sort of a guide to help me understand this agricultural, you know, reference that Jesus uses, or, or help me understand why this town or this person is so significant in the first reading, or, or what St. Paul's getting at in the second reading, because he's really smart, and he doesn't use a lot of commas, and he has big, long, dense theological sentences. If there was something to help me 
get more out of the readings ahead of time. Now I know what to listen for. Now when I show up to Mass, it's not the first time I've heard it. Now I'm not pinning all my hopes on the homily. Now I can get something out of the first half. And that was really the, the idea behind One Sunday at a Time. I said to myself, okay, now I've, I've done years of study, and I've gotten to, 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 to learn a lot from master teachers. You know, If I could do something that for, for the average man or woman, they could read over a cup of coffee, over a glass of wine, they could do on their own, they could do with their spouse, they could do with a women's group, a men's group, they could do with a group of the parish, something to help them enter into the readings each week, well, now the whole first half of Mass comes to life in our life. Hmm. I absolutely love it. Well, as you just said, Mark, your new book is One Sunday at a Time, Preparing Your Heart for Weekly Mass, a Companion to Cycle A. So we know that our Sunday readings are broken into these three-year cycles. What is unique, maybe, that you can point out for our listeners about this cycle that we just entered into Cycle A, or do they all just kind of run along the same themes that we're picking out just kind of a variety of books from the, the Bible that we just read over three years. No, no, certainly not. So cycle A, it focuses on St. Matthew's Gospel. So over the span of the 52 liturgical weeks, we're going to hear from St. Matthew upwards of 47 times in that 52 weeks. So knowing what to listen for really does go a long way. Matthew is one of the original 12 apostles. Matthew is a Jew writing to Jews about a Jew who claims to be the king of the Jews, who the Jews conspired to have killed. Why is this so important? Because Matthew is going, to t- is, going to, is going to lean heavily on Jewish history. He's going to talk about the kingdom of God. He's going to talk about the royal line of David, because David was the great warrior king, of which Jesus you know, falls in that family line because of his relationship with St. Joseph. He's going to talk about Jesus came to institute a kingdom. He's going to, he's going to, he's going to give Jesus the keys to the kingdom, the same way that, that the king did to the prime minister way back in the Old Testament. There are so many allusions over the course of those 47, 48 weeks to Jewish culture and Jewish history, if we don't know what to listen for, we miss half of what he's trying to say. The depth of the gospel is like an iceberg. It's always beneath the surface. We just have to understand what to listen for, and all of a sudden the stars turn into constellations and the dots start to connect. Well, let's break open this book because it is a wonderful resource to use every single week. Now, each Sunday, we hear four scripture writings, the Old Testament, we have a psalm, then there's the New Testament writing, followed by the gospel. So are all of these texts organized together each Sunday that bring forward a specific theme in your book? Yes. So what, what we see in the wisdom of the church is that if you listen closely to the readings, usually the first reading in the gospel have a common thread, a common thread or a common strand that runs through them. So those are usually pretty apparent if you're listening about, about how the Old Testament and the first reading is setting up the gospel reading. And then when what happens is the Church will select uh, a second reading, often from St. Paul, not always, but often. That second reading is going to draw the theme a little bit further and say, how is this theme lived out as a Christian, lived out in the Christian life? And then the psalm sometimes is overtly connected, sometimes it's more subtle, but the, the psalm is also going to extract that same theme. But the Church groups these readings together on purpose, and then, she, then they, they correlate to the liturgical season that we're in, whether it's Advent or Christmas, Ordinary Time, Lent, you know, Easter— so really, there is, there's, a, there's an ebb and a flow, and there's a season for everything. And then the Church arranges it into a three-year cycle. So as we said, this is cycle A, as we hear from St. Matthew. And then next year, we'll, we'll head into cycle B, which is mainly the Gospel of Mark, but a lot of St. John. And then cycle C is St. Luke, and then we repeat again. But what's, what's beautiful and genius about it is that the Church, in her wisdom, if you were to go to daily Mass and Sunday Mass every day, in the course of three years, you would hear about 80% of the Bible proclaimed, which is really amazing if you think about it. Wow. 
That is incredible. Well, if you want to deepen your knowledge and faith in cycle A readings, well, you're going to want to get one Sunday at a time. It's author Mark Hart is joining me today. Well, it's a wonderful book, and I'm going to ask you to break this down a little bit because there's a lot of practical information in it, and it's just set up in such a way, as you said, you can just do it in a few minutes every week. So let our listeners know how you break down each Sunday in your book. That's the idea. So you can do this on your own with a, with a prayer journal. You can go to adoration. You can you know, just sit in, on, on your couch. You can do this if you have a spouse. You can do it with your family. You can do it with a women's group, a men's group, Bible study group, whatever it is, faith sharing, fellowship, small groups. So the idea is you'll start every week. There's about three or four pages per week. It'll take you 10 minutes to read. You have an opening prayer and then the citations for the readings. So you can read the readings out of your own Bible. You can earmark them, dog ear them, highlight them, underline them, whatever you want to do. And then it has a sort of a behind the scenes. This is, this is three or four paragraphs. This explains this is what to listen for. This is the, the common theme that's running through these. Pay attention to these, these motifs. Pay attention to these ideas, right? Then I have a behind, then I have a, um, behind the scenes. We have wordplay. We have uh, to go a little step further. And this, this is a place in these, in these sections where if there's a really random, maybe agrarian reference, right? We, you were never raised on a farm. If there's a reference to a, a city that's, that's long gone that you can't find on a map anymore, or maybe, maybe what this word means or, or this reference means or what this name means, some background information that takes the, the, the readings and goes a little bit deeper to, 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 to lift the veil from our eyes so we can see what the writer was really trying to say, what the Holy Spirit was really trying to communicate. And then there are some journal or discussion questions. So if you're doing it on your own, Two or three questions you can journal about to help deepen your own walk, your own daily walk in prayer life, or you can have a discussion with a group or a loved one. And then there's a, there's a closing challenge for the week. And this is just something very small, very simple, very doable, very practical for any age. How, how can I take this theme, how can I take what the world's revealing to me this week and live it out in a practical way Monday to the following Sunday? Well, Mark, let's talk about that part of the of the book. I believe that Christ absolutely 100% present in the church. Sometimes, though, I'm not so sure that he's in the parking lot when everyone is leaving. <laughs> While we might let somebody step in front of us to go to communion, yeah, that same person we're going to cut off so we can get out of that parking lot faster. So what are some of the challenges then in your book that help the reader live their faith beyond the walls of Sunday Mass? It can be something as simple as being more thoughtful in, in our words of affirmation, right? So it, it, this week, instead of just praying for somebody, you know, um, reach out and pray with somebody. You know, hey, this week, instead of just, you know, thinking a nice thought about that person, take the time to, to, to drop them a text, to drop them a little note. Take the time to actually affirm them. Hey, this week, you know what? Um, if you're accustomed to not praying in the morning, hey, set your alarm 10 minutes earlier and get up and offer, you know, an Our Father, a Hail Mary, a Glory Be. These aren't exorbitant challenges. They aren't heavy lifting. Anyone could do them. But the idea is if we can become more thoughtful about what we heard on Sunday and live them out Monday through Saturday, that's where, where it goes from orthodoxy to orthopraxy. That's where we really start to live and breathe our faith instead of just putting our faith in a box we pull off the shelf for an hour every Sunday. Well, the name of the book that you can use every single week of this new liturgical year is One Sunday at a Time, Preparing Your Heart for Weekly Mass, a Companion to Cycle A. Well, here's Cycle A, Mark. Is there going to be a Cycle B and Cycle C Companion? <laughs> well, that is the hope. I've been, uh, the wonderful people at Ave Maria Press, they did a great job on this book, really loved the layout 
the feel of it. It's just, it, it's, it's just such a wonderful resource. So I'm thankful to them. And we have been talking and I am starting to work on cycle B as we speak. So while I'll be listening to cycle A with the rest of my brothers and sisters, I'll be working hard on cycle B. Well, we definitely look forward to that. Mark, before we go, so remind our listeners again where they can uh, get a copy of the book themselves and actually learn more about you too, because you've got a lot of great resources and talks available. I appreciate that. Yeah, you can find the book at AveMariaPress.com or Amazon.com or any Catholic bookstore, any fine Catholic books are sold. And if you want to find me, you can find me at BibleGeek.com. There are free videos, there's blogs, and I'll send you also to my social media so we can connect. Oh, I love it. Anybody willing to refer to themselves as a geek? Well, that is my kind of person for sure. (laughs) Mark, I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great day. God bless you. God bless you, too. And again, that is Mark Hart. So the name of that book, One Sunday at a Time, Preparing Your Heart for Weekly Mass. I will be sure to add the links that Mark talked about, about where you can get a copy and also where you can find his resources. You're going to find those links on the podcast of this interview, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. to recall Bible verses and scripture the way that the Bible geek Mark Hart can do it? Well, I, I wish I had that ability. Fortunately, though, you know, Catholics, Catholics, as Mark and I talked about, we hear four passages from scripture every single week. We have the Old Testament reading. We have a reading from Psalms. We have a New Testament reading. And of course, the gospel readings. This week's gospel reading for the fourth Sunday of Advent about the birth of Christ and about how it happened. You know, you think about our children. We have four children. We can recall all of their births. And especially when they were little, they all wanted to hear. And they wanted to hear it all the time. What did you think when I was born? What happened when I was born? You know, those different stories. Well, where were the where were the older siblings when you were at the hospital having me? That's that story that we hear that they want to hear again and again. Well, the same should be true with the birth of Christ. It's for all of us to know. That's why every year we read about the birth of Christ. And the way that Mark Hart set it apart, we're in cycle A, which means we're listening to it through the book of Matthew. Yeah, and we we definitely continue that that love of remembering the birth, uh, like you're describing with our kids. We do that as adults. You know, 56 years old this year for me. Uh, you know, I think that most things that recur annually might become somewhat uh, dull or or diminished, and yet, thanks be to God. Christmas uh, is not that though. We, you know, we, we, as I've said in homilies uh, here recently, you know, we have to be mindful that there are people who are suffering uh, losses that uh, this time of year brings back memories of that, mm. but to remind through, through the eyes of a child, whether it's our, our children or a family's children that we might see at a parish to remember that they see the world, hopefully, and it will, it will root us back in what we might have forgotten what we may be trying to remember even right now, God with us, God is with us. And, you know, the translation is God with us. 
but you know, God is with us through Christ. And to, to help one another remember that is so valuable. And those who are suffering from the loss to remember that hope comes again, just like for those little kids. And so, you know, I, again, I feel blessed at 56 years that I could be excited about Christmas coming up and I'm, and we have our kids coming back who are young adult kids learning to live in the, in the world as we did not, but 30 years ago. Um, but it's, it's certainly exciting to know that Christmas still holds the awe of who God is, how much God loves us and that he sends his son as an infant to be with us and learn from his growth, how we can grow into sanctification in our lives. Well, in Mark Hart's book, One Sunday at a Time, and as he talked about, he breaks this 10 minutes that we can all do every week into different types of questions that we can answer, challenges for the week, and they're focused on what it is that we're reading because the the Gospels, the writings of Scripture, and the way that the Catholic Church has put together the readings for Sunday, there is a theme that does come forward, and in this case, it's God is with you. God is with us. And one of the questions he asks for this specific week that people can contemplate on is, is it hard for you to remember that God is always with you? You know, Scott, we live in the world. I'm on the Catholic radio station. You work for the federal government. Even though we have these positions and we are thankful for them, you know, we still live in the world and people call sometimes here at the radio station. They're not happy with something that's happened or something that they heard. Boy, Scott, for you too, the same thing. Things happen throughout the week that rob us of our joy. And when we are feeling this way, I don't ever pause to think, oh, well, I'm just going to not dwell on that too much because God is with me. It's hard to pause out of that kind of sadness or, or hurt to remind ourselves that, yes, that, that in fact is the case. He carries that burden with us. Yeah, you know, it, it just emphasizes that our faith is not a feeling. And when we say that phrase, God is with us, oftentimes we might attach to that from a feeling perspective. And faith is a knowing of something that is yet to be fully revealed. And when we have faith, that is true faith rooted in the word, we trust what what that says. We trust what Christ is committing by by coming into the world as he as he does. <clears throat> and it's it's having that awareness that when we're growing up as kids, Christmas is a feeling. And Advent sure. is a leading up to that feeling of joy, but for for us as adults, it's remembering that our joy is in the in the knowledge that has been revealed through Christ's gospel that he is with us and he is with us to the end as the as the gospel says of Matthew it ends with that i will be with you to the end of the world so reminding one another that certainty is so very valuable this time of year as we enter into this fourth week of advent the week to remind us of peace can you end us with a prayer? Lord Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us, we are so grateful for the ability to live into our faith by reminding one another, by sharing on this, this radio show that through our voice that we are believers, 
that you are with us. Help us to live into that this week, to be present to others, to be disciples for you, to be your hands and feet for those who are in need, for those we can care for during this season and beyond. We ask for your strength and we ask for the intercession of your mother in our struggles and in our triumphs. In your holy name we pray, Jesus Christ. Amen. And that is going to wrap it up for us this week. Please tune in next week as we share with you more stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the pew. God bless and have a great week. You've been listening to View from the Pew, a weekly look at faith and family life from a Catholic perspective with Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken. For more information on the Aikens and to listen to an archive of their previous shows, visit them online at moderndayradio.com slash pew. View from the Pew is produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio in Portland, Oregon.